You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson. And after a little bit of a hiatus, you know, kind of thinking about everything that went on in the 2021 Phillies season, thinking about everything that has been going on here in the baseball playoffs, hopefully you've been enjoying the baseball playoffs, despite the fact that the Phillies are not participating in them. Something that I've been teasing on Twitter for a while It started kind of a little sarcastic, and then I decided, you know what? I'm going to really do this right here on the podcast throughout the month of October. It is a Joe Girardi bracket, a Joe Girardi worst moment of the season bracket. Uh, And anyone who listens to this podcast knows how critical I've been of Joe Girardi so far this season. Certainly not the only problem with the Phillies. Certainly there have been front office issues and development issues and roster issues that have dated back years and years and years here. But Really disappointed with the manager. So we thought we would have a little fun at the manager's expense. And when I say we, uh, we bring in a very special guest here. Uh, Anthony as Benson, a contributor for That Ball's Out of Here, which, of course, is the fan-sided affiliate for the Philadelphia Phillies. Get him uh, in in just a little second because he's going to serve as our locked-on Phillies Joe Girardi bracket bracketologist. We're going to unveil it here uh, like a selection show. Uh, we're going to give you all the matchups, the context, uh, something to note here that these matchups have been randomized. They have been randomized. Uh, the seating was we started seating them and we realized that that would be almost too difficult. Sometimes it's hard to judge which one's worse than the other. We certainly have our thoughts. But we're going to leave that up to chance and we're going to leave it up to you, the listener. Uh, you can vote right here on Twitter. You can either you know cast your votes or tell us who you think should win in the comments section of the podcast itself. But to cast your official vote. Go to at LO underscore Phillies, Locked on Phillies on Twitter to cast your vote. I'll be plugging it for my own personal Twitter uh, as well. So without any further ado, we're going to bring in Anthony as Benson here. Anthony, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing not bad. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about uh, the, the greatest manager, uh, World Series winner in 2009, of course. Uh, great bullpen manager, as he's well known for, <laughs> Joe Girardi. <laughs> Yeah. And for those who don't know, I mean, we've been kind of DMing on Twitter back and forth about this idea for a while now. You, you know, people get on me for really disliking Girardi. I'm willing to give the crown up to you. You may hate Girardi more than even I do. I mean, there would be points in games where I didn't even have a chance to, like, open my phone when he made a decision. And you're already DMing me like that's got to go in the bracket. That's got to go in the bracket. So I, I had to give you the role here of bracketologist uh before we start unveiling the bracket here for the people do you have any you know just favorite well i I guess you'll get to it when we get to it on the bracket do you have any favorite entries on this bracket do you have any idea of how's the how's this how this thing i should say might go um and, and any overall thoughts before we get started here uh you know i did an article on joe girardi so I might've done it before anyone else did. I don't think anyone else did because when 
the time would have been to write an article about how bad Girardi is. Dombrowski had to say, oh, yeah, he's back. <laughs> and then forgot he had a club option. Uh huh. Well, that might be a good sign for <laughs> anti Girardi people like yourself and I, because it means they haven't even discussed the possibility of bringing him back if they haven't even gotten that far. Yeah, I hope I hope that's the. I mean, it could be Dombrowski or it's Dombrowski being a dinosaur and just not real being <laughs> not realizing. Oh, yeah. Wait, he's got a club option. <laughs> so whatever the case might be, a lot of a lot of struggles uh, and a lot of bad managerial blunders here in the early going of this season. So what we're going to do is, again, there are 16 entries into this bracket, right? So just like a team or a, you know, a bracket for anything, a playoff system would go on in any given sport, a little NCAA tournament style, though, not 68 entries uh, into this bracket. We, we cut it down to what, in our opinion, was the best or the worst 16, depending on how you look at it. So the way it's going to work is I'm going to unveil, uh, you know, I'll, I'll announce the first two entries, the teams, if you will, but the two games. And then, Anthony, you're going to give, uh, as a bracketologist, kind of some context behind both of these blunders. And uh, you're going to let the people know the strong case for either of them. And then we'll give as much information as we can to let the people vote. Sound good? Yeah, just to clarify, you're doing the matchups, right? Like, I, yes, just- I, I will be unveiling the matchups. I will give our first matchup. And, for example, here it'll be, you know, our first matchup is Neftali Felice being used versus the Marlins and the incident that Joe Girardi had with Max Scherzer. And then I turn it over to you here, and you will say, okay, here's what happened, Felice versus the Marlins. Here's what happened in this game. Here's the situation. Here's why it was bad. And then you give the other side of it, and we'll banter back and forth. Sound good? Yes, I just wanted to make had yes, the so, base for our had to clarify. Had to clarify, <laughs> and we got to clarify it for the people here. So our first matchup in the Joe Girardi blunders bracket, Neftali Felice being used versus the Miami Marlins. And Mad Max, Max Scherzer, of course, while he was still with the Washington Nationals, you can now see him pitching in the postseason for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Joe Girardi getting into a little spat with him. And if you remember, if I remember correctly, this was just after they put in the new rules, or not really the new rules, but the new enforcement protocols of pitchers using the sticky stuff. So, Anthony, take it away. Give us the, uh, the full context and the breakdown of this matchup as you see it. Okay, so starting with the Feliz versus Marlins, this is... Not really near and dear to my heart. It's, it's the final game of Feliz's career as a Philly. All, all the two games. Both are in the bracket. Uh, so Noah started. It was the top of the fifth inning. Noah started the inning. And, you know, he, he gave up some gave up some hits. Gave up a couple runs. And it was at a 4-5 game. Girardi decides to go to Naftali Feliz with, with runners on base. Uh like Rojas was on third, and I believe uh, yeah, Jesus Sanchez was on first. I had to double check that. Uh, so with Joe Panic, Joe Panic and Sandy Leone get get a couple hits. <laughs> Two very well established hitters here uh, get a couple hits on Feliz. It would it made it uh, eight to five until he had to strike out Magnus Sierra. So that was a. Cr- Great call by Girardi, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and the, the fi- remind me of the final score of that game. I know they lost. 
11 6. All right. So they, so they lose that game 11 6. Game in the balance right there. He goes to Naftali Felice, one of only two appearances in, the, in, in a Phillies uniform for Naftali Felice. We were talking beforehand. He actually appeared more for the Dodgers in the year 2021 than he did for the Philadelphia Phillies. He appeared twice. Both of them were bad. Uh, they're both on this bracket. We'll get to the other one. Uh, and listeners of the podcast will know it's one of my personal favorites. All right. So going up against Neftali Felice's appearance against the Miami Marlins was a spat that made national headlines. Uh, this was right after the sticky stuff and the spider tack had become, you know, kind of known on a national front, I'll say. And Max Scherzer, then on, still on the Nationals, still pitching for Washington at Citizens Bank Park. And, you know, he's obviously pitching for the Dodgers and pitching into the postseason now, but way, way back in June when this was all going down, uh, Joe Girardi was uh, really pissing off Max Scherzer. He uh, kept sending the umpires out there to check his glove. I believe <laughs> Scherzer kind of sticking it back to him, you know, untucked his shirt and was saying like, hey, what, and throwing off his hat, like, hey, check everything you want was really sticking it to him. Uh, Scherzer pitched a really good game. It's a little Jordan-esque. You don't want to annoy a guy like that. Uh, Anthony, give me your breakdown of um, you know Mad Max going up against Joe Girardi in an argument here and uh, how you think it fares against Neftali Felice versus the Marlins. Well, so with <laughs> the Max Scherzer thing, so this was, I believe, the second day that they did the crackdown because they did the crackdown in late June. Um they, they did it mid-season. They, so, pitch, like, here's the thing. Max Scherzer and other pitchers, they had to, if we want to go on the baseball part of this, they made a, they trained with the assumption of using whatever. <laughs> and then um, they, they played part of the season with it and then just were told to stop. You know, perfectly logical. Uh, so, Max Scherzer did have, like, he did have, if you looked at, like, his savant that day, he did have, like, a bunch of drop and spin rate. Um, so it wasn't like he wasn't using stuff beforehand or something like that. He probably but he wasn't, was. but he wasn't using it that night, which is no, he wasn't correct. Um, Girardi claimed, I believe that he was like checking, he was like checking his hair, but he also like was licking his fingers during the game. So it wasn't that, um, the one thing I will say is, so after every couple innings for a starter, they, that you automatically have to check them. So I believe Girardi only asked once technically, but it didn't make any sense to, um, other than to like maybe throw him off, which I mean, Scherzer had a good night, but it did technically throw him off. That helps. <laughs> yeah, the Phillies did eventually win this game, um, but in the moment was a bad look. It was a bad look for Girardi. They pissed off Max Scherzer. Fortunately, they did score enough runs to win this game. So perhaps not a winning answer, but certainly I think qualifies for this bracket. As you break down this versus uh, you know, Neftali Felice versus the Marlins. Of course, we don't have a say in how the people will vote, but uh, where would you lean on this one? Felice. <laughs> Felice versus it's got to be Marlins. that. Like, this- yes, one is a national headline. The other is <laughs> Girardi at his finest. <laughs> Here's the well, thing about the Felice game. This was the second time he did this. <laughs> it was not the first. It, well, and, and we're going to get to that in, uh, in just a little <laughs> bit. Um, more, more of the locked on Phillies, Joe Girardi, I'll say selection show coming right up, but first have to tell you about direct TV stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love 
without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required content. It varies by package. I also have to tell you about rockauto.com. This episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse (coughs) happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rockauto prices are reliably low for every kind of customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even that new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box to know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And before we come back here to the Locked on Phillies podcast, I want to again thank you for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So sitting here with uh, Anthony Benson, and we're going to move right along here in the Girardi bracket. Uh, so we already have Neftali Felice uh, against the Marlins and the Mad Max incident uh, with Joe Girardi. That is matchup number one. We're going to slide down here to matchup number two. And of course, the winner of this matchup will play the winner of the first matchup we listed going in order here. Uh, we're going to go back to it was only a little more than a month ago. It was early September. I think it was right after Labor Day weekend or right around Labor Day weekend, I should say. In Milwaukee, Joe Girardi turns to Ramon Rosso. Anthony, uh, give us more. So it began, it was the beginning of the bottom of the sixth inning. So Jankowski had pitched it for the pitcher. It was at Aaron Noel started the game, and they were already down three nothing at this point. So, um, but Rosso just kept giving up. He got a couple outs, but just kept giving up hits. <laughs> and they kept refusing to take him out. Like he threw like a wild, he threw a wild pitch in the inning and just clearly didn't have it. It's kind of the best way to put it <laughs> and they took a winnable um, game and made it not winnable yeah they got yeah they didn't take him out until he gave up three runs and went to uh elite reliever cam bedrosian yeah nothing says elite reliever like cam bedrosian uh that's for damn sure um gabe kapler and his elite relievers uh so we got we got rosso versus the brewers the other interesting thing here in this matchup and this is going to be tough to beat in my opinion is you're going to remember it was a two-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays at Citizens Bank Park. And Zach Wheeler pitching really well, kind of being run into the ground here. Clearly, Girardi with no trust for his bullpen at all. But he leaves Zach Wheeler in for the ninth inning against the Rays, the best offense, one of the best teams overall in baseball. Anthony, it did not go well. So here's so here's some context uh, before that they they had scored um they we had already given up four runs um before this I believe a couple were like because Hos- Hoskins was playing injured at first um so there was that whole thing he actually homered at the inning before the make it a four four game um and so they they bring Wheeler out 
you know, like they've kind of, it was the point of the year, like where they just kept like, uh, you're going to throw what, what a guy would throw in the 1980s <laughs> and not necessarily caring about longevity and all those sort of things. Um, Diaz gets a, Yanni Diaz gets a single, could have been a homer. I'm pretty like it was. Um, yeah, he just didn't run. He just didn't run. Yeah, and remember, all, yeah. he thought it was gone. Um, everyone thought it was gone. <laughs> and he gives up a hit to Kiermaier. And even at this point, you're like, all right, you got to take him out, right? Because you just give up two hits. They're second and third. No. Francisco Mejia hits a ball that hasn't probably even landed yet a couple months later. Um, and then he takes Wheeler out. So it was 7-4. He goes to Brogdon. Brogdon actually gets gets out of the inning. They lose in the bottom of the ninth. Seven to four. <laughs> a game that was once again winnable. Uh, when you, I mean, they ultimately lo- ended up missing out on the playoffs by a couple of games. I mean, more than a few games. It wasn't by one or anything. They lost it and got eliminated in that Thursday in Atlanta when they officially got swept by them. But at this point, every pitch and every game mattered. Can't afford to give away games. And Joe Girardi, it didn't make any sense why he wouldn't go to Brogdon earlier, especially if he was available. It seemed like he was trying to stretch out Wheeler too much. He did this a number of times, uh, no worse, I think, in either of our opinion than the Rays. Uh, Anthony, how do you see this matchup playing out? Because I think this is a good one. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, like, the problem with this is that Rosa, it was already, they were already down when Rosso came in. So you can make the argument, well, he's trying to eat innings or whatever. Uh, but with the Wheeler thing, it was, they're in a winnable game and it's the ninth. So there's really almost no excuse, you know? And you kind of just left Wheeler out to, to almost die <laughs> on the mound. And it's, you know, it, it's that, that and a few other outings are part of the reason why in September he had, he was on a pitch count when he should have been ramping up to throw a lot more. He was on a pitch count of like a hundred pitches. And no, you don't have to look any further. Why than trying to stretch him out in the ninth? I mean, I almost, I don't want to defend Girardi, especially as we're, uh, you know, kind of unveiling this bracket here. He clearly should have gone to the bullpen, but clearly just he had no faith in when that bullpen door opened at all to the point where he was trying to run Wheeler into the ground. And he actually got the worst of both worlds because Wheeler had nothing left against the Rays going fourth, fifth time through the order, whatever it was. Uh, and it did not work out. Yeah, I think I lean Wheeler versus the Rays here in this matchup, uh, but certainly a good one. So that's going to take us uh, now to the, you know, we, we have uh, different regions here. Uh, we're we're going to move down further in the region. So those two matchups we've already given you, uh, they're going to face off potentially in the second round. We're going to move to the bottom half of the, we'll call it the North region. Uh, Ronald Torres, we have, he bunted in the top of the 10th inning, I believe it was, against the Yankees. As we all know, it makes literally no sense to play for one run as the road team with the modern day extra inning rules with the runner on second that you see in the regular season. And then the other one was pulling Zach Eflin uh, in both of these were in New York. I believe Eflin was at City Field. He pulls him and then at like basically after pinch hitting and he doesn't throw another pitch. Uh, give us the breakdown of this matchup. So Terea, so here's the thing about my personal view of it. I'm more of a, I'm more of an analytics thinker when it comes to baseball. I try to sure, stick to sure. those modern trends. Yes. Um, at least the modern trends, maybe not like specific matchups or whatever. But the problem with it, like Torrey is kind of all year has, you know, I think we kind of known him as like the guy that hit that, that drove guys in a little bit, you know, 
despite a low OPS, despite all these things. Yeah, he, 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 like he was the world. He was hit. the world's greatest, like six thirty OPS hitter. <laughs> yes, I think that's actually how he ended the year. By the way, with like a six thirty OPS, or something like that. He's got the clutch gene. Where would the Phillies be without Ronald Torres? Became this saying. He got overexposed. He's a utility bench guy instead. Oh, yeah. He was playing every day when they benched out bone for whatever reason. Um, so he's done this all year. You got no outs, a runner on second. You're on the road. You're on the road <laughs> um, against Brooks Krisky. Um And you just bun him. And then it was the ninth hole next, which was Luke Williams. They had to pitch at Luke Williams. I mean, I kind of whatever. Um, and then Gene Segura with two outs and a runner on third. Couldn't get it done. And then you put, you essentially put Ranger and then you put Ranger in a rough spot. Cause you just, you only play for the one run and you couldn't even do that. Um, I mean, we could also go into the factors of like, it's Yankee stadium. So like a fly ball, there is a home run that or, or like a fly ball in the ballpark. If it stays in, there's a better chance of getting, a, getting a run, getting Brad Miller, who was on third out sort of thing. But it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to play for the one run. That's like kind of the thing here. And then the um, Eflin versus the Mets scenario, break, break that one down for us. So. Zach Eflin comes the bat in the top of the seventh inning against Aaron Loop. So DeGrom started the game. He actually, I think this was, might've been the Grom's like worst start of the year at that point, you know? So we were really doing well against DeGrom. Uh, so they have Eflin bat and he, he bunts ground out Torres, who was, had gone, would go to second base. Um, they couldn't get a run in the inning. Herrera flew out are grounded out and they just took F one out for Ranger Suarez. He didn't throw a pitch or anything. He, they just took him out. It was almost like maybe cause it doesn't say on base for reference. And I can't remember off the top of my head. If like, maybe there was like a net delay, like we had, maybe there was another net delay or something to where Girardi's brain kind of malfunctioned and he didn't realize that he had hit Eflin or something. <laughs> I don't Girardi, know. Girardi struggled with the whole National League baseball thing all year. Never really seen. I mean, I know we have, uh, you know, another example, another prime example later down in this bracket, but it never seemed like he fully grasped the idea of like how to balance when to let a guy hit versus when to like let him pitch, like the balancing the offense for defense thing. It's something you don't even have to worry about in the American League. I mean, I'll say this about the National League sort of thing. Um, how do I put this? <laughs> it's you have to be a step ahead. Would you? Yeah, you got to think. You got to think about more. You just flat out have to think about more. You have to be a step ahead, which is why I don't know where you stand on this, but I prefer National League baseball. I think it's more you have to think about. I mean, if we want to, if we want to do the whole D, I mean, I have my theories on like making the game more offensive, and I don't think that's like how to grow the game. I think there's better well, ways I, to grow the I game. I would agree with that. This is my baseball, you know, managerial nerd brain saying that I don't think it's actually better for the product of baseball, which is why they're gonna. I could tell you, you know, I could. Oh, my bad. Sorry if I cut you off. No worries. I could tell you this: every MLB the show franchise I do, I want to pick a National League team. <laughs> so tells you a lot right there. I like the strategy of it. I do like it, you know, like, but he, he, I mean, it's not the first time he managed in the national league. Technically, like he managed the, year yeah, he managed the Marlins. the Marlins and won manager of the year. <laughs> <And> got, 
Like literally one manager of the year. All right. So to recap, our here's what we have in the bracket so far. Neftali Felice versus the Marlins going up against Girardi versus Max Scherzer. Uh, the winner of that will play the winner of Ramon Rosso versus the Brewers uh, against Zach Wheeler versus the Rays. That's in the kind of north quadrant here. Uh, the, mid- the next quadrant, we have Ronald Torres bunting in the top of the 10th versus the Yankees. We have Zach Eflin pitching and then being taken or hitting and then being taken out before he even goes back out the pitch against the New York Mets. Uh, we I didn't actually ask you the score. So I know they lost the game against the Yankees. The game against the Mets, they lost also, right? I uh, believe so. I kind of took off the box score when we were done. I believe they lost that game. See if you can find it really quick. But I believe they lost that game. It didn't make a hell of a lot of sense. I forget who they went to out of the bullpen right after that game. But we had it marked down uh, as a game that made no sense. I want to say it was... They lost mid, four to mid, three. And it was mid to late July. So again, every run counts. Who came in? Who Like if you pull up the stats... Who came in right after Zach Eflin in that game? Because whatever it was, I remember either thinking that they, sh- I think I thought they should have just left Eflin in at that point, and then they matched up a lefty versus a righty. I want to say Kevin Pillar comes in to pinch hit and hit a home run. Yeah. And they, they, yeah, exactly right. And they brought in, was it Suarez out of the bullpen? Yeah, it was that Ranger. Game? That that like the Ranger, the Ranger part of it's not even a big problem. Like he's you know, but it was Rangers- a lefty versus, but it was a lefty versus a righty, and almost didn't anticipate that Pillar would pinch hit there. Yeah, uh, there's that. I mean, I think it was the Grom's like worst outing of the year at that point. You yeah, know, well, like, the guy didn't allow more than one run, like seemed like ever. He allowed two earned runs that game. Be <laughs> enough. Right after the start was point. Uh, nice number six nine. <laughs> nice. Which there you go. I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't mention it because of that, but I just I wanted to show you like that's how good he was. <laughs> he's unbelievable. He was lucky too. <laughs> when, when when he pitches, he, he's unbelievable. So. We're going to get to the final matchup here in the north half of the bracket. I think it's going to take us two episodes to go through this entire thing. So we will get to that on the other side, and we'll give our final thoughts on the north region of this bracket. But first, have to tell you about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors by now, you're certainly missing out. There's coconut, cherry, barcia raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My personal favorite, definitely that cookies and cream. If you haven't tried all the flavors by now, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. Again, amazing flavors, all tasty, but they're all healthy as well. Built Bar was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Very, very cool. And when you go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use that promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. One last time, it's LOCK15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Also, I have to tell you about BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers happening right now for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. 
And uh, so we have one more match up here to do kind of in the, again, North region here. And we'll, uh, we'll finish it out with that. And then our final thoughts in the North region, we'll release another episode for the South region. But our final matchup here, Anthony, is our, everyone's favorite, David Hale, coming in in a high leverage spot versus the New York Mets. And the other one was one of the biggest at-bats of the entire season, allowing Didi Gregorius to hit right after they brought Alec Bohm back to the team. Didi Gregorius, one of the worst hitters in baseball against the lefty. Anthony, give us the context, the full context uh, on the Mets one, uh, as well as what was kind of going on in that Brave series and try and think of any potential logic Joe Girardi could have had behind either of these. So it was the top of the eighth and this is for Hale. Yeah, this is for David Hale. Um, best pitcher in baseball. Uh, so Brandon Kansler came in, couldn't really, he couldn't get the job done. They go to Alvarado. He didn't have his command. Um, but with the bases loaded against Pete Alonzo, Girardi goes to David Hale. And they gave up three runs. They get he gives he gives up a double. It scores three runs. Uh, he did get the next couple outs of the inning, and even pitched the ninth for whatever reason. Um, but in the bottom of the ninth of this game, this was the game where Reese Hoskins thought he had a home run, but it was a double. Um, you know where it hit like the crossbar, not crossbar, but you know what I'm talking about, right? The, the yeah yeah little the, fence thing on the the bar in right field. Yeah, so yeah, some are calling it the most controversial home run replay in Citizens Bank Park history. <laughs> um, but so it was that game, and they they would have won the game potentially if they'd went to someone else. And I think they said like, "Oh, we didn't have this guy or this guy or this guy." There is a little defense of like, well, they went to two relievers and they couldn't get the job done. But it was also a close game, uh, and. I think, you know, I don't remember this fully in terms of because he said like four guys couldn't pitch or whatever, which was weird. <laughs> well, that was Girardi's cop out throughout the season. It was like, well, what do you want me to do? I didn't have anyone else available. Well, you know, maybe that speaks to your managing up to this point. Again, it, it does. It's indicative of the bullpen depth and the overall team depth that the Phillies have lacked all season and for years at this point. So I don't want to act like that's all on Girardi, but you got to play your cards with what you within the constraint that you have. I mean, I can defend a couple of the arms in the bullpen this year. If you really want me to, like, you know. we'll, we'll keep it on this matchup for now. So hell versus the match. So hell, what was his final line that night? Do you have it? Uh, he gave up, I believe it was like three. They gave, it was like all unearned runs. He gave up three hits. They, they actually aren't even chalking up the runs. They chalked up the runs to Jose Alvarado, but he was in the game when they gave up those runs, if that makes sense. He came in for the jam. Yeah, he came yes. in for the jam. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and they lost eight to seven, potentially because of that. Like, that's a, it's an example of a definitive move where you can specifically blame a manager who has too much power making that decision. Well, and he just loved David Hale for whatever reason. No one ever understands. I mean, why. I have a clip of Alex Cars like, doing like, oh, David Hale, best pitcher in baseball. It's ridiculous. And then Didi versus the Braves, one of the biggest at-bats of the entire season. You're trying to save your season in Atlanta. I believe this was the Wednesday game. And D again, Alec Bohm on the roster, they had him in the on-deck circle to pinch hit when the game did eventually end. But with one out, Didi, he hits a sack fly, but he's so bad against lefties, it just didn't make any sense having him hit in that spot. 
I would argue it's not even just Didi, it's Galvis as well. Because Galvis, I mean, you're really going to trust Galvis with two outs in a one-run game in the biggest series of your season? Really? Um, like, here's the thing. So I know a lot of people want to say Outbone, bad player and all that. He had recently, he had just got caught up from AAA because he hit well. So he's kind of like hot almost. Um, and they trust two veteran players that didn't hit well all year, especially DD against lefties who had like a 500 OPS <laughs> against them. I have a tweet about this uh, against Will Smith, the Braves closer who, you know, shaky, he's a shaky closer, but it, di- it just didn't make any sense to have DD in that spot. And you feel like a wasted opportunity to get even more than just a run. Then- Absolutely. And it just, it was, a poor managerial effort there at the end of the season. So that's going to wrap it up for episode number one. Before we do so, Anthony, uh, do you have a matchup, like a favorite matchup of what we've kind of already unveiled here uh, or a matchup to watch, if you will? Honestly, it might be the one we just went over only because I think these are the two closest ones, you know, with. There's almost no, there's almost no explanation for these. I mean, even against the Mets, they did use a couple relievers, but you wasted a good outing from Zach Eflin, which in, you know, sucks a waste of good pitchers outing. Um, Jojo Romero pitched this game, which I just found, which, you know, I find kind of funny, but you, you, you waste an opportunity, right? Cause they, the offense did something. The offense did something. So it just feels like when every win sort of mattered this year, that would have been really, really nice to, to win that game. And also just the DD thing, like that's your biggest at bat of the year to me. You know, if you you're, point, you're allowing DD to hit. Yeah, especially. And it's just the classic like Girardi loves his guys, right? He loves the Ronald Torres, loves David Hale. Love, he plays DD every single day. Loyalty to a fault. To only the veterans that he to only veterans, by the way, because. He wasn't very loyal to a lot of the younger guys. So let me tell you what my matchup to watch here is. It's the first match we went over, Neftali Feliz versus the Marlins against the Mad Max incident in June. And the reasoning being, I think the Mad Max incident is different than any other incident we have on this bracket. I'm interested to see how those who vote weigh this incident against in-game managerial blunders. Because to some, it's like the worst thing he's done all season. It would really fired up Max Scherzer. It made a national embarrassment of Joe Girardi and the Phillies and when those rules first came into play. And then someone else could say, well, they won the game anyway. And he made tons of in-game managerial decisions that made no sense. And why do I care that he fired up Max Scherzer? He was trying to get a competitive edge for his team and it backfired. So that's my matchup to watch here. Very curious. I don't even really have an idea of how this one's going to go. So that's my matchup to watch. But Definitely uh, interesting to see. We have a whole separate bottom of the bracket that we will get to (laughs) in episode two. So, Anthony, stick with us. Uh, Thank you for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every single day. Uh, Be sure to tune in to our next episode where, of course, we will be releasing part two of this bracket. And make sure to listen to Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully. He brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both present and past. It's free and it's available on all platforms.